0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. This week, we are chatting about five ways to reduce inflammation. Now, what actually is inflammation? I know you will have heard it everywhere. Everyone keeps saying, you know, you need to be on an anti inflammatory diet, and reducing inflammation is so important for your health. But what actually is inflammation. And why is it so important? Well, inflammation or swelling, okay, is another term for it, is a part of the body's natural healing system, and it helps to fight injury and infection. So if you sprain your ankle, you know that the joint will swell, you know, around that area, and that's all the nice, you know, white blood cells and our immune cells traveling to that area to help reduce the swelling, we get an immune response. So, when we have an infection, the same thing happens. We have inflammation occur in our body. Now, it would be great if that only happened in response to injury or illness. But unfortunately, our inflammatory response can occur when the immune system goes into fight and there actually might not be anything there to heal. Now, we know that this is definitely happens when you have an autoimmune condition. So your body gets a little confused with what it's trying to... It thinks there's an infection or an invader when there's actually not. And so it goes in to try to heal the area when there's nothing there to heal. And that's why we can still have inflammation present when there's no inflammation supposed to be present because we haven't had an injury or an illness. Now this occurs because the immune system cells that normally protect us, they start to attack its own cells, which then affects our joints. And you might feel things like joint pain, like rheumatoid arthritis is a good example of an autoimmune condition where our own cells are attacking our our body. Uh, we might also the immune cells might also attack your arteries or your organs or different systems in your body causing chronic inflammation over and over even though there's not an infection or an injury. And so this is what happens when we have an autoimmune condition, but also you can just have low grade inflammation where you're having this attacking happening in your body and you've got inflammation in your body over a long period of time. And eventually it might develop into something else, something more severe. So before it gets to an autoimmune condition, you might just find that you're experiencing joint pain. You might find that you have a lack of energy or that you feel really lethargic all the time you just don't have that energy or that motivation to move you might have poor sleep you might find it's really hard to lose weight no matter how much you try you just struggle to lose weight and you know it's all these sort of build up of symptoms over time that can then contribute to chronic disease so it doesn't have to be just autoimmune it can be things like diabetes obesity Heart disease, Alzheimer's. So this chronic low-grade inflammation is really important and it's more prevalent than ever in today's society with you know the food that we're eating, the exercise that we're potentially not doing, stress, sleep, all of these things that we know is really, you know, influential and determines our health, it is really coming under fire due to inflammation. Which is why I wanted to talk today about five ways to reduce inflammation because it's simpler than you think. And inflammation, as I said, it's one of those underlying things that you may not know that you have it happening in your body, but you might just be like, oh, "Why is my, you know, big toe joint sore? That it's just, you know, some days it's worse than others, or why is my um, wrist joint sore?" Again, some days it may be worse than others depending on what you're doing, but it's just kind of become that constant pain. Or why do you always feel tired all the time? Why do you wake up in the morning and still feel tired after a full night's sleep? Or maybe you're having trouble sleeping and you just can't get to sleep or you wake up multiple times in the night. What is the cause for these symptoms? And a lot of the time, not always, but a lot of the time, inflammation can be contributing. So let's dive in and have a chat. So we're just going to go through five very simple ways that you can start to reduce inflammation in your body. And if you start doing this, I want you to reach out, tag me on socials at My Movement Health. You know, if you listen to this episode and you start to make some changes, let me know the effects because it sometimes it takes, you know, months. It can take years depending on how far, you know, down the rabbit hole you are with inflammation and health issues. But if it's just small changes, even within two weeks, you can see major changes in your energy, in your sleep quality, you know, in so many things. So if you do start to do some of these and you integrate them and you start to see some changes, tag me and let me know. But let's move to our first simple thing you can do to reduce inflammation. And that is to start cutting out processed foods. So anything that comes in a packet that's higher in sugar, that has our seed oils in it. So you've heard me talk about it before, things like canola oil, rape seed oil, these types of inflammatory seed oils. So remember there's eight different seed oils and you can um, look them up or go back to our previous podcast on seed oils. And I'll link that up in the show notes for you. But getting rid of the seed oils and sugar is a simple way to start to reduce inflammation in our body. And sugar is a really big one because remember it's hidden in so many different foods. Even if you pick up a health food from the supermarket, let's just say healthy crackers, uh, and you think there's no sugar in it, there most probably is. There are over 200 different names for sugar. So it is very easily disguised and hidden into foods. So the simplest way that you can eliminate or reduce your sugar intake and try to eliminate those seed oils from your diet is to stop buying processed foods. And you may be thinking, oh, okay, I don't buy processed foods. I just don't. And even when you try your best, there are occasions where you will have crackers in the cupboard for when people come around or, you know, some biscuits for when, you know, your grandkids come around or visitors come around, or potentially it might just be things like some, you know, um, filleted fish that's, you know, being crumbed or battered and that's in the, the freezer or, you know, some pre-made oven chips, things like that, hash browns, look at the packets they're still a processed food and they will still hide ingredients in them um, the big one is canola oil you'll find that in so many things and too much of canola oil just you know the Process that how seed oils are made, which again I go into in that previous podcast, they're not good for us. We need to go back to our really good fats, you know, our avocados, our nuts and seeds. If we're cooking, going back to olive oil, walnut oil, avocado oil. So, going back to those and steering clear of those seed oils, uh, just two fantastic ways, you know, in our first, you know, highlight to really reduce inflammation in your body. And that can be going back to your cooking, making sure that you're cooking with olive oil instead of using a canola oil or rapeseed oil or any of those types of seed oils. You know, making sure that when we have making a dressing at home, again, use that avocado or use the olive oil when you're making a dressing little simple things when we're looking at sugar. Can we reduce our sugar intake? Even if we're baking from home, can we reduce our sugar intake a little bit more? Can we opt for foods that have sugar in them like fruit, but they're paired with fiber, phytonutrients? So we're getting lots of vitamins and minerals. And the way that that sugar is bind, you know, bind it in that food will change how we do process the food. So a piece of fruit is very different to a lolly. Okay. It's nutrient density is completely different. And even though there's sugar in that fruit, we're getting so many more nutrients. So looking at eating the piece of fruit rather than the processed biscuit or cake or donut or crackers, you know, even the savory foods you don't think have sugar in them, they often have sugar in them for flavor. So going back to that whole foods diet and eliminating that sugar and those seed oils when we can. Now, number two, we want to eat more fiber. Okay. Fiber is our friend. It helps keeps us regular. Again, fiber binds to toxins in the body. So if we're eating processed foods and they have additives and preservatives and things in them. Our the fiber that we're eating through our food will help to bind to different toxins and help it push it out of the body, okay. So that's important for our endocrine system, our hormone system, it's important for our energy and vitality, and just really important to stay regular, okay. We know what it's like when we can't go to the toilet. Okay, if you're suffering from constipation, one you don't feel like doing anything because you feel so uncomfortable, you can be in pain, you're not motivated, and then at the other end, we're not getting that flushing of our system. So foods that are high in fiber are super important for helping us to keep our inflammatory levels low. Now, foods high in fiber, we're going back to our fruits and veggies, our nuts and seeds. So really including those in your whole food diet as much as you can, especially our green veggies and looking at our different colors. So making sure that you're eating the rainbow, okay? Lots of greens, then going for you know reds and blues and oranges. So all those different types of colors, trying to really include them in our diet as much as we can. And going back to a previous um, podcast uh, that I just did last week with Talita, we're talking about trying to include 30 different vegetables in your diet in a week. Fruit and vegetables, if you can, if you find vegetables are too much, include fruit and vegetables, but trying to add in 30 different fruits and vegetables. And if that feels too hard, start at 20, okay, and slowly build up. When you're doing your shop, you know, maybe you usually only buy, say, broccoli and zucchini and celery. Maybe this week you can change it up and buy some green beans or some snow peas or, you know, some kale. Find different greens and different types of veggies that you can add add in. Okay. Super simple. If you're used to having a salad and generally you may only have cause lettuce, maybe add some spinach and some rocket and some kale. So you can get different types of nutrients from each different vegetable. So definitely really pushing up that fiber intake and doing that by going back to fruits, veggies, nuts, and seeds, and that lovely whole foods diet. Now, I know myself when I'm doing any baking at home, I'm adding in a lot more nuts and seeds. I'm swapping across to gluten-free so I can add things in like almond meal, hazelnut meal. So again, we're really boosting that nutrient density. So you can have that, you know, I just made a really nice um, banana nut bar recently. And again, it's got bananas, hazelnuts, pumpkin seeds, um, almond butter, you know, some dark chocolate chips in there for that magnesium. We're going to say magnesium, but it's because it tastes amazing. And that combination, you know, some honey for the sweetness. So again, there's there's still sugar in the honey, but we're getting other nutrients from that honey as well. So looking at those alternatives can be a really great way when you're baking too. All right, moving on to number three, and that's including more herbs and spices in your cooking. Now, they really help to reduce inflammation, and there's so many of them, but you know, the main ones that most people have heard of is turmeric, okay, or the extract from that is curcumin and you can use that in your cooking. Okay. It's used a lot in a lot of Indian dishes and curries and things like that. Um, there's a great, uh, recipe on my website. That's a pumpkin and cauliflower soup. And I put turmeric in that. So you can check that on the website. We'll link that up in the show notes as well. Um, but cooking with foods like ginger and garlic cardamom, okay, rosemary, and cinnamon, these beautiful herbs and spices. They have high levels of polyphenols, which are packed with antioxidants and have a range of benefits from reducing cancer risk, okay, your risk of diabetes, helping to regulate your blood pressure as well as your blood sugar levels, uh, reducing heart disease, and so much more. So including these types of herbs and spices in your diet is... Is another amazing way to help reduce inflammation. There are many, many studies done on so many of these. Um, you know, curcumin and turmeric is a huge one. There's lots of studies on now. Um, also cinnamon, um, rosemary, you know, thousands of years, these spices have been used. So definitely start including them. They not only make your food taste better, okay, but they help your health as well. And if you're finding it's hard to look to include some of these, then you can find them in Supplement form, okay. Always, definitely, as I said before, you know, check with your doctor whether or not you the supplements are suitable for you, and also really look into finding some reputable supplement brands that you can refer to for things like uh, curcumin derived from turmeric, okay, or um, you know, even looking at um, black pepper is another great spice, um, and looking at adding those in just to help reduce that inflammation and. You know, herbs and spices are fantastic, but even though you know we're on that topic of herbs and spices, green tea is another one that again really helps reduce inflammation, has been used or drunk for thousands of years and has so many health benefits. So if you're a usual sort of black tea drinker or a coffee drinker, maybe you could look at swapping across to having a green tea in the morning. You know, just one a day, swap that across um, just to get those added health benefits. Because again, if It's these simple, really easy swaps that make the difference because if we're doing these simple swaps and we're doing them consistently and we've got, you know, building on one and adding the next one in, then over a long period of time, that's when we see these health changes really taking effect. So definitely look at adding in herbs and spices supplement if it's suitable for you and look at taking green tea if you can as well. It's just an easy, really simple Swap to make. All right, number four reducing stress. So we've done a few different podcasts and chatted about stress before, and there are different types of stress. So whether or not it's emotional stress, okay, maybe it's physical stress in the body. You've got a really physically active job. Um, Maybe you're lifting heavy things all the time. So you're getting a little bit of wear and tear and degeneration on your joints. Maybe you're having to look after a loved one that's ill. Okay. Maybe, you know, there's, you're working in a job that you just don't really like. And so there's these daily stress that add up and, again, start to cause that inflammation in our bodies. Now, it's the chronic low-grade stress. So it's that stress that's kind of underlying, that's there all the time, that kind of feels like it's consistently chipping away at you. That's where it could be, you know, your day job that you just don't like. You could have a uh, and a boss or a co-worker that's constantly acting you. Okay. You may be struggling at home, you know, trying to balance work and kids and life and everything. It could be that loved one that's sick that you're constantly having to worry about or care for or whatever it may be. And it's these constant low grade stress that just seems to keep going that can really wear away at our health and cause that inflammation. And it's that sort of thing that we don't realize how much damage it's doing. We can be, you know, in that mode, sort of that survival mode of just trying to get through each day, because each day is hard. We've got different things that we have to overcome, whatever they may be, because everybody is very different. And, you know, at the end of the day, we always feel tired, okay? We might feel completely depleted or exhausted. Um, We might have no energy. Emotionally, we might be drained and quick to anger. We might not then sleep very well. We don't move because we don't have the energy to move. We're not feeding ourselves well. We might not be having, you might not have the time to prep, you know, some healthy meals, or we might not feel like eating because we're stressed. So there's all these things that add up. And they affect our inflammation levels. So, we really want to bring that inflammation down by managing our stress. So, again, you know, I can tell you to to start adding meditation into your life, but We might not have time to do that, okay? It all sounds great to say, I would love to sit down for 15 minutes every day and clear my mind and and meditate, but maybe you're not in the position to do that, and that's okay. So going back to our breathing, okay, I love using the, you know, Nice deep inhale through the nose and then exhaling out, trying to extend that exhale longer than our inhale. So you might inhale for two counts, exhale for four or five. And remember to build that up slowly because you can do that anywhere, anytime it drops you back into that parasympathetic state. So a rest and digest state. So it helps to just, you know, calm ourselves down, lower those stress levels and you can do it multiple times a day. So meditation, if possible, breath work, definitely add it in. Carve out some time for you. And again, this might be five minutes just to stop. Have your green tea, okay? Have a piece of dark chocolate. Zone out. Focus on what you need to focus. Get outside in nature. Go for a walk. I know here in the Southern Hemisphere, because I'm in Melbourne, Australia, Daylight Savings has just kicked in on the weekend And without fail, the very first day it starts, you see so many more people walking in the evening, you know, just from that little bit of extra daylight. So getting out in nature, getting out for a walk when you can, asking for help and support. Okay. If possible, ask friends, ask family. Okay. Get some help where you need, because it is there. It's often there. We don't feel like we can either ask or we think that we can manage and things aren't that bad. But wouldn't it be better if you could just have a little bit more time or a little bit more space and a little bit less stress and get some help? So definitely reach out and help. Okay, And if you need to seek out professional help, okay, see a psychologist, a psychiatrist, speak to your doctor. Don't be afraid to ask for help in all different forms because we all need it, even though we might not want to a minute. But again, it can all help with reducing that stress level. There's been lots of studies that have uh, shown to that, you know, that low grade stress that we're carrying over years uh, reduces the length of our telomeres. So our telomeres are like the little caps on the end of our DNA. So if you think of our DNA like a shoelace and the telomeres being that little cap on the end, so it stops it from fraying what stress does is it wears down those telomeres. So it actually shortens the length of our life. So if you're wanting to live a healthy, long life, then stress is something that we need to get a hold of. And having multiples, you know, techniques, whether or not it's breath work, meditation, finding that support and help, getting out in nature, moving your body, okay, exercising, you know, these are all different ways that we can support ourselves and reduce those levels of stress and improve our longevity. So super important there. All right, number five prioritize your sleep. Okay. This is another one that again, reduced and and related back to stress. If we're stressed, we don't tend to sleep well. Okay. We can often wake up a lot. We might stay up later because we get that sort of wired and tired feeling that occurs. So remember if you're staying up to about 11 o'clock each night, we get another spike of cortisol that kicks in and cortisol is our stress hormone. So you might sort of be yawning or even falling asleep on the couch at like, you know, you know, nine, eight, nine, nine thirty. And then you sort of feel like that you get your sort of second wind sort of kick in at like 10:30, 30, 11 o'clock. And at that 11 o'clock time, that's when cortisol is kicking in to keep you awake again. So if you can actually time your bedtime before 11 p.m. and fall asleep, you're going to get a much better night's sleep. You're going to miss that second peak of cortisol. So it's going to be easier to fall asleep and you're not going to get that sort of tired and wired feeling. So really focusing on our sleep. If we can, waking up in the morning, getting that sunlight, that daylight in our eyes. So that resets our circadian rhythm that starts the production of your melatonin, which helps you fall asleep in the evening so much earlier. So then it helps to peak at the right time to help you fall asleep in the evening. So again, doesn't have to be long, you know, 10 minutes of sunlight in the morning, get out and about, enjoy it, you know, through, even if it's not, you know, it's It's not a fantastic day. Sit near a window just so you can get that daylight in your eyes. Even better, get out and move. You know, do a workout outside. Go for a walk. Take your dog out. Whatever it may be, that's another great way just to help with sleep. And it's super easy to do, totally free, and something that you can do every day. Also, when it comes to sleep and prioritizing sleep, we need to turn off our electronics. We need to, you know sort of just slow down maybe it's pulling out your favorite book okay maybe it's chatting to your partner or if you are going to either watch tv or go on your ipad you know putting on your blue blocking glasses on because they can just help block that blue light that stimulates you to stay awake so we've gone through again a lot of stuff on sleep before but it's super important for so many ways. When we are sleeping, we're resting and repairing in our body. Okay, Our cells are doing their things, they're repairing. And again, it's helping to reduce that inflammation from the day. So definitely trying to get that sleep, that really good deep sleep when you can is super important. So finally, I wanted to put a bonus one in. So even though we're talking about five ways to reduce inflammation, I am going to add a bonus one in, and I couldn't leave this out being a Pilates instructor and being so invested in movement and knowing how much movement is so great for us. Another great way to reduce inflammation is to move your body. Okay. Okay. Every day, you know, doesn't matter if you want to swim or walk or cycle, if you want to protect your joints, okay, doing those types of activities like cycling and swimming and Pilates where we're really supporting our joints, you know, is fantastic adding in your strength work. So working with resistance, whether or not it's in your Pilates workouts, okay. Within our membership, you know, we will work with our body weight, but also we're working with small props and it could be things like books and yoke blocks, um, bands, okay. Elastic therabands. The Pilates ring is fantastic. Hand weights or filled up water bottles with water, you know, working with resistance is amazing to build that strength. And we know that we need to keep our weight at a healthy you know, weight range to help, again, reduce inflammation. It's that white adipose tissue. So if we are overweight and carrying that fat, that white adipose tissue, we know that that's a major source of inflammation. Okay. Again, so many studies have shown this. So you know, if we've got higher levels of inflammation in our body, it's leading to things like insulin resistance and metabolic dysfunction. So our blood sugar levels are not going to be regulated very well. Okay, and if our if we're getting things like insulin resistance, then that's what leads to diabetes. Okay, so again, reducing our adipose tissue, maintaining a really healthy weight range, and doing that through our five ways to reduce inflammation. You know, managing our diet, eating fibre whole foods, eliminating sugar, all of that, getting great sleep, reducing stress, and then moving our body. It's like the icing on the cake. So we can, you know, there's that saying that says you can never, um, exercise your way out of a bad diet. And it's a hundred percent true. You, you know, diet and lifestyle is 90% of managing our weight. It really is. And exercise is that 10% that helps you to build that strength. It helps you to build the tone and helps you feel really great. It's fantastic again, for regulating everything with insulin levels and, and you know, that Uh, Weight of fat and, and adipose tissue and muscle mass, okay, and regulating that. But overall, you know, exercise because it makes you feel good. You get that release from endorphins, okay, that happen, and we just feel motivated, we feel happier, we feel more emotionally stable. There are so many benefits of exercise, and reducing inflammation overall is one of them. So, going into recap. Okay. We want to, our five ways to reduce inflammation. Number one, cut out those processed foods, eliminate the seed oils, get rid of the sugar where you can. Number two, eat more fiber, go for lots of different colored fruits and vegetables and really manage your vegetable, really up that vegetable intake. Number three, includes herbs and spices in your cooking, okay? Lots of different ones. It adds extra flavor and extra phytonutrients. Number four, reduce stress when you can. Try to find the best stress management, you know, activities and, you know, things that work for you and your family. Number five, prioritize your sleep. Get good sleep and you will be so much happier for it. And as our bonus, make sure that you exercise. Add in exercise, it'll help reduce stress, it'll help you maintain a healthy weight range, and that in turn will help reduce inflammation. All right, well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions, please reach out and let me know. But I also want to just let you know very quickly that our five day fully charged challenge is kicking off on Monday, the 14th of November. So, don't miss out for that. I'll be sharing more details of that coming soon, but that is going to be five days where we're going to focus on you, Pilates workouts, simple, easy things you can do to look after your health. And I can't wait to share that with you then. So look out for that in the next coming weeks, but I'll drop the link to that in the show notes as well. So if you want to sign up early, definitely do. We will have a private Facebook group. There'll be extra trainings. This is going to be a super fun five days to really focus on you and your health, but as always, in a very simple way. So I promise you will get results in five days if you work with me over those five days. So I can't wait to see you then, but definitely check out the show notes for that link and sign up now. Otherwise, have a fantastic week, everybody, and I'll chat to you again next week on the podcast. Thanks for listening into the podcast. Please hit subscribe to be updated for each time we release a new podcast.